There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is The Edge with Jonathan Von Tobel and Matt Humans on VSIN, the sports betting network. What's up and welcome into another edition of The Edge. Good show on tap today coming up in 15 minutes. Stanford Steve is going to be with us. Break down everything in the world of college football. You know Stanford Steve, of course, from his podcast, Stanford Steve and the Bear and SVP Sports Center with SVP at night. So that'll be a lot of fun conversation coming up in a couple of minutes. We also have a lot of National Football League stuff to get to, too, Matt Humans, And that's where we begin because it is Thursday, which means we get Thursday night football. And it is quite the matchup. Carolina on the road, Houston Texans, the home team. Eight-point spread with a total of 43. Mm-hmm. But I know that you and I are on the same wavelength here, which is Tyrod Taylor's worth something. Tyrod Taylor has done a pretty good job for this Houston Texans team up to this point. And so we wanted to go through a couple of things that show what the drop-off really is between him and Davis Mills, right? Because I don't think the line has reacted enough. We have finally seen it come off of that 7.5, but still, half point, that's it? Well, it's kind of what you said two days ago, and I, you were right about it at the time. Why not just open this number, eight or mm-hmm. eight and a half? Uh, I don't know why the bookmakers were so slow to react on this because, uh, first of all, I think the number probably should be more than eight and a half with the the switch to Tyrod Taylor from Tyrod Taylor to Davis Mills, a quarterback. Now, you and I are going to talk about that a little bit more in depth, but if you're trying to protect against teasers on a game right. like this, why not open it nine and a half? Who wants to bet? Who wants to bet the Texans? Not too many people. They're going to get some. Oh, he's going to get some sharp buyback on the underdog if you feel like you inflated the number. But 
most of the action you're going to get on this game is Texans, or excuse me, um, Carolina Panthers on a teaser. Yep, Carolina and, Panthers on a teaser, Carolina Panthers money line, whatever it is. And I don't blame anybody for betting. I've, I've got a teaser with the Carolina Panthers on it at That's minus it. one and a half with the Browns at minus one. <laughs> and why would you not put that teaser in? Yep, absolutely. So uh, a couple of things so we can actually put some substance behind what we're talking about here with Tyrod Taylor. First off, this is Houston's offense with Tyrod Taylor in control. So we're talking about the entirety of the Jacksonville Jaguars game in the first half of that Cleveland Browns matchup. How about this, humans? 6.35 yards per play, 35.5 yards per drive. They've converted 60% of their 25 third down attempts, 5 of 7 in red zone possessions. That means five touchdowns on seven trips inside opponent 20-yard lines with it for a total of 51 points. Mm-hmm. Tyrod has been absolutely incredible. And I know that you found this, and this was posted on social media. This is courtesy uh, of NFL's Next Gen Stats. The top five pass and rush EPA leaders or expected points added. Patrick Mahomes leads all quarterbacks in total EPA on passing and rushing plays over the first two weeks of the 2021 season. Number two at a plus 29.5, Tyrod Taylor. Yeah. How about that? Yeah. Read off the top five quarterbacks on that list. Patrick Mahomes by a wide margin, by the way. Yeah. Uh, plus 40.6. Tyrod Taylor at plus 29.5. Matthew Stafford comes in at third at plus 29.3. Derek Carr and added 26.1 expected points added. And then Teddy Bridgewater, number five at 25 points. Well, he's been playing very efficiently. Yeah. And uh, a who's who of quarterbacks. Huh? Yeah. Well, we know how well Derek Carr's been playing. Yep. He, he leads the NFL in passing yards through two games. But I think that shows you um, – how important Tyrod Taylor is to the Texans offense. And this is not, should not come as a complete surprise to people. You and I talked about this before the season. It was a big reason we bet the Texans in game one against the Jaguars. Uh, I think Joe public underrates how good Tyrod Taylor can be. And uh, to me, the drop off to Davis mills is at least three points. Mm -hmm. This number has moved a half point. I think the number might've been anticipating that Tyrod was going to be out. So you can say, well, the actual number was, uh, seven, not seven and a half, but we still only see a one-point adjustment, and I think it probably should be more than that. And anyway, you, you've got to guard. If you if you open this number at nine and a half, then uh, the teaser protections build in because uh, you tease it down to what three and a half, and uh, that that's the way I would have opened the number here. But we'll find out tonight if we're right or wrong. I think uh, I think the Panthers should roll in there against Davis Mills and uh, take care of the uh, Texans pretty easily tonight. But, again, like I, I, I don't like to lay more than uh, seven ever in the NFL. I know some people do it. Don't don't care. Don't blink an eye. Yeah. Uh, I know a lot of people who are laying the points with the Packers on Monday night. That's just not the way I bet the NFL. But I will tease, and I have teased uh, the Panthers down here. And a lot of times you don't want to make too much of numbers, statistics. Uh, you know, you're a, you're a do-the-numbers type of guy. Yeah, I am. I and um, I look at the numbers – but I don't make too much of the numbers in college football or the NFL in the first two or three weeks of the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, I don't even make power ratings or college football teams, a lot of them, until after the second week. And you're still, those are going to be the weakest set of power ratings you have all season because you don't have a lot of data to go by. So what I've heard here in the past 24 hours regurgitated uh, by different members of the media is the Panthers have the number one defense in the NFL. They lead the NFL with 10 sacks. Well, I kind of expected the Panthers to be in this spot after two games because they opened a home against the Jets yep. and then the Saints, who I thought they were going to beat because they caught the Saints in a great spot. It's only two games. This is not the number one defense in the NFL. It is playing really well. And uh, the Panthers are going to, I think, cause all sorts of problems for Davis Mills, rookie quarterback from Stanford, in his first start tonight. And that's why I went ahead and played the Panthers on a teaser. And if uh, you, know, you want to lay the eight, I'm not going to uh, – 
make a case against that either. I think this is a game the Panthers should win by double digits. Yeah, you saw those numbers. Those are the ones you were referring to. Uh, Carolina, total pressures up to this point through two weeks. First in the NFL, they've got 35. Lead the league in sacks, to your point. They're first with 10. Quarterback knockdown rate, 15.3% of quarterback dropbacks. They are getting them on the ground. And 16 hurries, third most in the National Football League. Now, you've made the great point, right? The first two matchups, very, very beneficial. We know how bad the the New York Jets offensive line has been through the first two weeks. And... A missing center uh, starting piece well, for the New Orleans Saints, Saints last Saints week. Saints offensive line was beat up, too. Yep. Plus, you know, they had several COVID and injury issues. The Saints limped in to uh, Carolina last week. Yeah. Let's face it. That's, uh, that's why I thought it was one of the best spots early in the season on the betting board to play the Panthers last week, and it played out that way. Uh, but, yes, do I think this is a top-10 defense in Carolina? I do. Is it number one? No. Uh, but the schedule's been weak so far, and again, the schedule's weak again tonight. That's yep. why... You, you, we've talked about this. Why I like the Panthers over the run total is seven and a half, and I put that in the VSN NFL betting guide. They've got probably, you know, it depends if you want to how you want to look at the numbers. I just I was just looking at their schedule based on my power ratings of the teams. The Panthers have the easiest or second easiest schedule in the first eight games of the season in the NFL. Yep. Texans here. Cowboys on the road next week. Eagles, Vikings, Giants, Falcons round out October. <laughs> how, do you once, get, how do you get a softer schedule right. than that? <laughs> once you get to November, then it's you know the New England right. Patriots, the Cardinals. It, it gets a lot tighter, but you're absolutely right. And the, you see, the Panthers are interesting because the Panthers are a team. I've said this before. I, I am going to be, after this game, I will be looking to take my shot against the Carolina mm-hmm. Panthers. And, and that road matchup against Dallas will be pretty interesting to see what the market does with them, assuming they're going to win this game pretty comfortably. We don't right. know what's going to happen on Monday night between the Cowboys and the Eagles. But like one of the things that kind of, when you look at this team, defensively, I'm with you. Top 12 to 10 type of unit, they're probably going to be that. They've invested in the defense, and that growth is clearly there. Still have questions about Sam Darnold and that dink and dunk offense they've been running, just right. athletes out in space. And very quietly, their offensive line is not run, like run blocked. Run blocked? They have not been great blocking right. for Christian McCaffrey. McCaffrey Week one, I think what he had three point yards. Yep. 3.0 yards per carry against the Saints, which is not very impressive. And in week one, overinflated by an 18 yard run. Right. Outside of that, just barely four yards a carry there. So. I, I'm, I'm this this Carolina team's in a good spot here, but going forward, you know, I think we talk about power ratings, right, and where they're going to potentially be. I think I'll be looking to take a shot against them after well, this. This is going to be a lot of media hype yep. uh, about this Panthers team, and I think you know, Christian McCaffrey at some point is going to wear down. You can't touch the ball 30 times a game in the NFL and not wear down. Yeah, and uh, I think he's being overused at this point, but um, that's that's something I think Matt Matt Rule is going to say. Well, we'll worry about that later. You look at the Panthers' schedule. Jets, that bridge when we get to it. Yeah, Jets, Saints, Texans, Cowboys, Eagles, Vikings, Giants, Falcons. When I looked at that before the, before the season, I said, that's about as easy as the first eight games as you can get in yep. the NFL. And the win total is seven and a half. Look at the back end of that schedule, though, man. The back end <laughs> is a different story. But the top, the first eight, you have to take advantage. And yeah. I, I kind of expected the Panthers to be six and two through eight games. Five and three at the worst, and uh, they should be three and zero after tonight. Yep, after that bye, Falcons sure, but then Bills, Bucks, Saints, Bucks. That's a that's yeah. a pretty that's a pretty rough stretch. All right, so we got two bits of news in the National Football League for this coming week of action too. Uh, we should get to one that's relatively important because it involves quarterback play, and it's kind of a surprise here how this is being handled at this point because the Indianapolis Colts are going to be on the road. Humans will be taking on the Tennessee Titans. Titans up to a five and a half in some spots, six point favorite in the spot against Indianapolis. But the news here is that, no, it is not Jacob Eason who took a majority of starter reps yesterday for the Colts. It is former UCLA Bruin Brett Hundley who took the snaps, a practice squad quarterback who took the snaps 
for the Indianapolis Colts on Wednesday's practice. And reports are that both Hundley and Eason will see time against the Tennessee Titans this weekend. Is that Frank Reich trying to be clever to throw a curveball at the Titans and say, you've got to prepare for two quarterbacks. You've got to get a practice squad quarterback <laughs> and a fourth-round quarterback as well, yeah. I don't think uh, the Titans are going to be sweating. As poor as their defense is, I don't think they're going to be sweating either quarterback, Hundley or Eason. Uh, so, yeah, I, I would kind of expect this number to go up by Sunday. And, and yeah. In fact, I, I I'm still like there's to, only like one six on the board. I, yeah, we got a five right here at South Point, yeah. right? That's what I got on my screen. I think this number is going to close six, if not six and a half by Sunday when you're talking about Eason and Hundley and the, the Colts are already a beat-up team. Yep. Uh, it's going to be hard to get betters on that Colts side, I think. Unless you said this is all curveball, smokescreen, both ankles are fine. Carson Wentz is just going to pop out there on the Sunday and they'll roll. I think there's a chance Wentz is going to play, which is why the number, which I think is why the number has, has not yeah. moved yet. There are a lot of betters who still think, well, Wentz might be out there. Soon. Nothing official yet. Yeah. That's right. And uh, the other bit is we can expand on this uh, a little bit later, especially once we get to best bets. Uh, but there is some extreme doubt there for Jason Pierre-Paul to play this weekend for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He's Sit got a shoulder out. injury. Jason. Sit out this week. I'm down. I'm down with it as well. We got the Rams. Right. Set this one out. <laughs> so, a beat up secondary and potentially one of their better defensive linemen that could miss uh-huh. this contest as well. And pretty big, too, because a guy who mainly plays on the edge, you're going to see a lot of zone outside runs. I mean, that's going to be a pretty big deal here. They're not going to be running up the interior against guys like Vita Vea. So, if Jason Pierre, uh, Pierre Paul cannot play, be a pretty big blow for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. All right. On the other side, Stanford Steve is going to be with us. We'll go over uh, a lot of his plays for this coming weekend in college football. Hey, Brett Hundley, we talked about the UCLA Bruins. We'll talk about that game with Stanford Steve and see what this bounce back is like for UCLA after taking one on the chin against Fresno State. It's the Edge here on Visa. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. Like that, see that. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? 
I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because it ain't Nick? <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. This is The Edge on VSIN, the sports betting network. Make this football season your best sports betting season ever. Start your VEASAN free trial today to get full access to our sports betting experts, including 24-7 video streaming, daily best bet emails, betting splits with the money and ticket percentages on every game, plus full access to VEASAN.com data and analysis. Get everything VEASAN has to offer for only 22 bucks a month. Sign up now at VEASAN.com slash subscribe. Time is short, so let's dive right in. Stanford Steve Cochran is with us. Uh, I just learned how to per- uh, correctly pronounce your last name, Steve. So thank you very much. I appreciate the information. Uh, let's start with this. Alabama, humans and I were talking about this. Don't know how the Crimson Tide do it on a week-to-week with a schedule like this. Mercer a couple of weeks ago. Now you get Southern Miss. Here's the thing. The power rating is pretty high on this team for a reason, but they failed to cover each of the last two games. So where are we looking at here? Because this is a pretty big 45, 45 and a half for Alabama. Uh, first off, great to be back with you guys, man. Uh, awesome hearing your voices. Uh, yeah, Bama is uh, is back at it with the with the top dog schedule. Uh, but I, I think this has a lot to do with last week, guys. And when I say that, I mean when I go back and I watch the tape of last week, this was not a, a, a real Nick Saban defensive effort. Um, a lot of miscues where you don't really find with Saban's defense. Guys on twists running into each other, blitzers running into each other, like just, I mean, execution stuff, that Nick Saban stuff, uh, teams always pride themselves on. So I'm imagining it was not an easy week of practice with Nick and the defensive side of the ball. There's plenty of talent on the offensive side. Southern Miss really doesn't have much when you look at it. They're going to play two tight ends. They've got a fullback on their roster. Like, it's not going to be pretty. I don't think they're going to do much offensively. Uh, I don't see him scoring more than a touchdown and I think Alabama gets everything back. Now, I will say, I, I was impressed with Alabama, man. Like Bryce Young last week, his first start on the road in that environment is, is nothing easy to, 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 to do. And, and to be able to go on the road, score 31 points, get out of there with a win, I think it's something that Alabama can build on. And I think they blow the doors off of Southern Miss this week. All right, follow him at Stanford Steve 82 the host of uh, Daily Wager on ESPN2's Doug Kazarian. Are you on board with uh, Doug's? Play Alabama in the first half theory because he he does this almost every week. Would you play Bama in the first half, or are you going to lay the forty five for the game? Uh probably both, just yeah. to, just to make sure. Um, but you know, those the second halves of the Bama games are are, are get, get a little dicey here. Right. Uh, but I think Nick's got to play the backup quarterback. Uh, so you might yeah, and it might not be the old Alabama second half where they're running the ball every play. You might actually get some passes, uh, and hopefully you don't need them. Uh, but, yeah, I think first half in, in the game is the way to go. I don't see how you touch Southern Miss in this game. All right, how about Liberty-Syracuse? Uh, this looks odd seeing Syracuse as a six-and-a-half-point home dog to the Flames. Are you going to bite here on the orange? 
Yeah, I am, Matt. Um, I like the combination of what Syracuse brings to the table. They've been able to play defense. I know they lost to Rutgers, but they, they were right in that game. They only lost 17-7. Um, they, they, I mean, yeah, they got beat up last year and had their own issues with COVID, as everybody else did, but it, it was pretty ugly last year. Um, but I think they got their feet underneath them. They got DeVito still at quarterback. Uh, the running back, um, I think he's gone for over 370 and six touchdowns. So with that combination of defense, and Syracuse being able to run the ball at home, which should be a good crowd for a Friday night with a, with a, with a hyped-up Liberty team coming in. I think that frustrates Hugh Freeze in, in, uh, in Liberty's offense with them might not having the ball as much as they're accustomed to. So I think Syracuse could frustrate them enough uh, to keep it close within that point spread. So I would take Syracuse plus the points there. All right. Uh, I mentioned Doug Kazarian. Now, Steve, I don't think I sent you this text, but a couple weeks ago Doug uh, told me that oh, – yeah. USC would kill Stanford, and that Stanford was terrible. And uh, it, didn't, it didn't play out that way. How can you make sense of uh, how the Stanford Cardinal teams played early in the season? I know you're not a homer when you handicap uh, Stanford, even mm. though you're a former Stanford star. Uh, what, um, <laughs> what, what, what do you make of this team with Tanner McKee at quarterback and now being the Cardinal being a home dog to UCLA and the Bruins off a crushing loss? That defense broke yeah. down big time Saturday night in the Rose Bowl against Fresno State. Uh, a couple things. First, on Stanford, I, I kind of anticipated it the way it played out, uh, humans. I, I really think, you know, when you look at David Shaw, he's a stern, he's stubborn. You know, everybody hates how, you know, he'll punt and, and play field position. But in the offseason and seeing McKee coming back from a mission, He's not, he's not going to give in, knowing that McKee was a big recruit. He wants his quarterbacks to, you know, the most important for, for a quarterback at Stanford is to make the right run checks. And you can't get that unless you have game experience where teams are giving you different looks and you're in the game situation. So when I saw that him and Jack West were going to split time, it really made me lean Kansas State in that opener because – I saw what West was capable. He's not capable of doing it. He j- he just can't do it in the times that he's had to play for Stanford. So it wasn't a surprise to me like how the process went. McKee gets in, gets things going in the second half. They score a touchdown. You know, and, he, and I think his completion percentage was pretty good against Kansas State too. So then when you come against SC, SC was a team in Week One I won against. I had San Jose State, and that's a that's a thirteen six game in the fourth quarter before SC gets a pick six and, and, and gets it gets it rolling in San Jose State. So I thought SC was vulnerable there because McKee, what he brought to the table, he could go deep. He could use his legs to, you know, move the chains. He's great on play action. And I think Stanford just needed a game under their belt. I think Kansas State's a legit team. Um, I was on their season win total at the beginning of the year. So I think Stanford to get that thing right, get a get a week get games game reps, you know, with the offensive line. I think that's tough. Uh, with these teams only getting nine padded practices in the preseason, and we know how much Stanford likes to run the ball, so I think they found their groove here. Um, but on the other side, I, I think I think a lot of UCLA. Um, I like them going into that LSU game. Uh, I like what they brought back from a physical standpoint on the lines of scrimmage, offense and defense. That Fresno State game is probably the best non-conference football game I've watched in September in a long time. Like that, I mean, you talk blow for blow; those teams were going at it. And I think UCLA had some injuries on the defensive side that really hurt them in the end. As Fresno just kept coming back at them, but I think Stanford is is not at UCLA's level. I think toe to toe, talent to talent. 
I, I give the edge to UCLA. I, I like their playmakers on the offensive side of the ball as long as uh, Dorian Thompson Robinson can hold the ball. And I think their defense is better than Stanford. Stanford's got a, a bunch of injuries off that win at Vandy. Their top running backs out, uh, top returner, top receiver. So I, I think UCLA gets up off the deck, and they also have a bad taste in their mouth from last year's game at the Rose Bowl. UCLA was up 14 with under five minutes left in that game and lost in double overtime. Yep. So I, I'd lay the point with Chip Kelly and the Bruins. Stanford Steve with us. All right, Steve, last three minutes with you here. Let's go to Texas, San Antonio, and Memphis. Uh, Memphis coming off of a fraudulent victory at home against Mississippi yes. State. And uh, they gave up 50 to Arkansas State a couple of weeks ago as well. So I don't think uh-huh. this team's in the best spot. This number's gone from five to three. Do you agree with the market move? Uh, I do. I think a lot of this UTSA team, guys, I really do. I, you can say what you want about Illinois. They're still a Big Ten team, and they went to Champaign and, and, and won that game, uh, you know, scoring 37. When I look at Memphis, you mentioned it last year, last, last week, uh, kind of a weird win. I think they only rushed for like 70, 80 yards. They were 2-12 on, on, on third downs. Um, I, I'm not sure about their resume, and I know they're undefeated. And, hey, it's all about winning the games, right? But I think they're primed for an upset here in the Liberty Bowl. They won 17 straight in the Liberty Bowl. I love the mentality that Coach Trailer has with the Roadrunners. I take a shot, and I, I like the money line with, with, with the Roadrunners here. I, I think they're a solid team. I picked them to win Conference USA before the year. So I'm in on the Roadrunners this year. Sharp money on the Roadrunners this week. All right, we got to wrap it up here. But you like Kent State, mm-hmm. Nebraska, Okie State, or some of your other best bets this week, right? Yeah, I love Kent State. I love the situation they're in. Maryland people around here are looking ahead to Iowa coming into town next week. Kent State's already played at College Station and already played at Iowa. Those are two of the top five defenses in the country and two of the top toughest places to play. They battle for a half in each of those games. Maryland doesn't have close to the defensive talent that those teams have. I think Kent State hangs around all game and covers that 14 and a half. All right, check out the uh, Stanford Stephen the Bear podcast, ESPN.com chalk, and their best bets column every week. Great stuff. Hey, are you into golf in terms of the Ryder Cup this week? I know you're coming out to Vegas in a few weeks uh, when the golf tournament's going to be out here, the CJ Cup. Are you, yeah. in, are you into the Ryder Cup this week? I, I, got, I got a couple shekels on Europe plus the money, Matt. Okay, I do too. All right, good luck to you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, my man. Appreciate Steve. you guys. Stanford Steve82 up on Twitter. Give him a follow there. Yeah, the, uh, the Europeans seem to be the side. Even pretty juicy plus price on this I mean, side, when huh? you look at the, the Ryder Cup, and some diehard golf bettors don't even care that much about yeah. betting this tournament, and some oh. do. Uh, but I was talking with Jeff Sherman at the Westgate Superbook about this yesterday, and they had the best price in town was at the Westgate, plus 240 on the three-way on Europe uh, to have the most points in the uh, Ryder Cup this week in Wisconsin. I think it helps the European team, JVT, to have this, uh, this uh, tournament played in Wisconsin where it's cold and windy. It's almost like uh, it feels like European-style golf this week. And uh, I did play the European team at plus 240. A lot of times the U.S. team looks great on paper. A lot of stars, a lot of big names, but yep. the European team plays better as a team. So I took plus 240 with Europe. Hey, speaking of the Ryder Cup, short shots previewing each of the following day's action beginning Thursday with Brady Cannon and Wes Reynolds here on v So check that out, v slash podcast. All right, more football to get to on the other side. We can expand to a little bit as well on that Tampa Bay injury. There's a lot to get to. It's the edge. Stick around. We can find one that might be worth looking at. I think maybe there's one among these five. 
But we'll start with Kansas City, who is just under that touchdown favorite against the against the Los Angeles Chargers. Yeah, by, by the way, Circa just moved to seven on okay. this game. So it's six and a half all over the market, but Circa is now at seven. So if you like the Chargers, get that now. Yeah, and, and that's not insanely surprising, just given the fact that a team like the Chargers underneath that key number uh, and playing in this situation against Los Angeles, that it would probably be a favorable number for betters to lay at this point. But again, so we look at this from a couple of different standpoints, right? One, we talked about this yesterday when we were doing the numbers. You know, how bad does this run defense get for the Kansas City Chiefs? Mm -hmm. I don't think that when you play, because this is the point you brought up and it's very apt, when you play the Browns and the Ravens, your run defense is going to suffer. Those are two of the better running games in the National Football League. But I also think... As I brought it up, since 2015, this team has ranked 25th or lower in adjusted line yards. That's not a good run defense carry. anyway. Right. The numbers so, just make it look a little bit worse right now because they face two very good run offense. So is this a game in which the Chargers can take advantage of that to a certain extent, use Austin Eckler quite a bit with that offensive line, and potentially stay within this number against Kansas City, who, by the way, quietly too, secondary-wise, has not been very solid either, mm-hmm. especially on play-action pass attempts. But what, what was your read coming into this? I think the KC defense got a lot of problems. Yeah. Uh, but on the flip side, the KC offense does not have problems. And, uh, you know, I was a little bit surprised that the uh, the Cowboys found ways to only score 20 points last week because I really thought Dak Prescott was going to move the ball up and down the field on the Chargers. And in a, in a sense, the Cowboys didn't move the ball, but they didn't cash in. And neither team was very good in the red zone. In fact, Justin Herbert threw a pick in the end zone uh, last week. When, when I look at this matchup, I, I want if I'm going to play the Chargers, I want to have the full seven. By the way, the uh, the Chiefs have covered one time in the last 13 games. We talked about that yesterday. It's one, 11, and one against the spread in the last 13 games. Oh, and two ATS doesn't sound as bad when you compare it to that. No. So I, I, I really think the, uh, the, the Chargers are going to be able to run the ball on the Chiefs. And if you look at Justin Herbert, he's a mobile quarterback who takes off on some design runs too. Mm-hmm. And uh, – Actually, I think both teams are going to be able to move the ball at will, and I hate playing over a total of like 54.5 or 55, but do you see anything here that indicates this is not going to be a high-scoring game? Um, not much. I mean, I even neither neither defense, I think, is going to get many stops. Right. I think that's one of the things too with the Chargers. We always expect them. There's the talent is there, right? Derwin James, et cetera, Joey Bosa. Oh, uh, by the way, talent. Derwin Derwin James and Joey Bosa just set out practice yesterday with injuries. Right. Yeah. And, and so, and this has been a team that statistically has been disappointing, despite the names uh, that have been on this yeah. roster for them defensively. So I'm with you. Like there, I don't think there is much here to indicate that either offense is going to get slowed down. I will say this. If there might be an offense that gets slowed down, if you look at so one of the things I think if you go back to week one that was kind of disappointing about the loss for the Washington football team, which we'll get to, is the fact that they didn't get much pressure against uh, against Justin Herbert. Right, mm-hmm. there was some there, there were some decent numbers, kind of above average, but not what we expected out of Washington. Right. Well, their right tackle, Storm Norton, just got his ass kicked last week, and their offensive line was not very good in terms of pressures allowed. Storm Norton gave up nine pressures on 45, uh, 51 pass-blocking snaps. You had Rashawn Slater, who actually graded out pr- relatively well, but then other guys uh, along that offensive line were not very good. And this is one of the, fr- one of the things that I think we know about Kansas City. They can at least rush the passer with guys like, uh, you know, along the edges. So is that what slows down the Los Angeles Chargers here, where all of a sudden Justin Herbert finds himself with, remember, missing a starting offensive lineman, mm-hmm. and Storm Norton having to come in here, who has already been confirmed he's going to start against the Chiefs, getting shoddy pass protection in a spot like this. Yeah, and I think Rashawn Slater is a stud, by the way, and he's going to be one of the best offensive linemen yep. in the NFL eventually, but he's only a rookie. And uh, the Chargers, I think this offensive line's got the potential to be good. Right now it's not a really good offensive line, so yeah, uh, you make a fair point there. 
And I, six and a half is just not enough for me to uh, back the Chargers in this spot. Well, I think that you're going to get a Chiefs team that's going to be uh, ticked off after what happened on Sunday night. And the Chiefs are also one of many teams. Again, this is a board that is rife with teaser options. Chiefs, again, are one of those, especially if you're up to that seven. You tease oh, yeah. that through, get that down to essentially a pick, or uh, now that it's up to seven in some spots, you can get that down to minus one. Next 0-2 ATS team that is up on the board here to potentially bet this coming weekend, Matt Humans. We talked to the Kansas City Chiefs. So let's talk about the Atlanta Falcons. The Falcons have not really looked great. Uh, the first three quarters were solid against Tampa Bay, but everything falls apart. Now this week, Atlanta um, is taking on the New York Giants. And we saw this number actually open the solid three. Some spots actually three minus 120. But now you a lot of places you got to lay the 120 mm-hmm. if you want to take it with the right. Atlanta Falcons. Is this the spot where Atlanta gets its first cover against an underwhelming Giants team? I don't know. If I had the answer to that, I this would play the it in the contest. This is the worst game on the board. <laughs> I, I, the Falcons, I told you a few weeks ago, are not going to be a team I back. Yeah. I didn't like the Falcons in week one, didn't like the Falcons in week two, so I'm not going to jump on them here in week three. I think you do have to question yourself a little bit if you're laying any points with the Giants. Uh, but I don't like the Falcons' new coach, Arthur Smith. I think Matt Matt Ryan, even though he looked good early in that game last week against the Buccaneers, doesn't have a lot left. And uh, I would have to get more than three points to consider taking a taking debate with the Falcons here. So, no. Uh, when we're talking about which 0-2 ATS team would you want to back this week, the Falcons would be at the bottom of my list. Yep. Now, even though I think you can make a case more about an anti-Giants bet. Yes. Like, uh, well, Giants shouldn't be laying three points here, which I tend to agree with that, but I'm still not going to jump on the underdog side in this game. Now, the other 0-2 team, and this is one that I – so one of the uh, other possible teaser legs is Arizona, right? Arizona 7, you can tease that down to 1, just get them to essentially win against Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. I tend to get a little squeamish with road favorites, uh, right, using them on teasers. Uh, but you would think, hey, it's Jacksonville, why not? I, I can't get out of my mind the performance of their defense last week against Minnesota, right? Because against Tennessee, you performed very well. But Chandler Jones had five sacks in that game. They mm-hmm. were all over Ryan Tannehill. Yep. And when you don't get that kind of pressure, which you did in week two, all of a sudden we saw some real you know, flaws in that second level for the Arizona Cardinals. And if anything, we have seen from Trevor Lawrence, he puts the ball in danger because he's going to take shots downfield. And this offense is going to attempt to do those sort of things. I just, I can't get behind the Cardinals on a teaser. And I would think, I think the Jags with seven and a half might be a little bit more live than the market's given them credit for here. At some point, the Jags are going to step up and play a pretty good game and have yeah. a shot to win. Thought it might happen last week against the Broncos. Mm-hmm. And it, it didn't turn out that way. Uh, yeah, I'm a little bit uh, a little bit hesitant here to pull the trigger on the Cardinals too. And I think the, what the betting public's going to do here is just uh, not think twice. Yep. Cardinals on uh, money line parlays, Cardinals on teasers, teasers yep. and I don't think it's going to be that easy. I don't think so either. Kyler Murray, there's some of the, you know he's got like three really bad throws, and he had a couple last week mm-hmm. uh, against Minnesota that weren't very good in terms of the turnovers uh, that he committed. Oh, one thing that concerns me about the Jaguars, yeah. and uh, anytime you play a rookie quarterback, you have to be concerned about, are they taking a step back? Are you really hurting their development? Right now, Trevor Lawrence looks bad. Yeah, he really does. And, and the offensive line's not great, which right. opens the door for another Chandler Jones well, type you know, I've talked right? about how weak I think this offensive line is for a month after watching the Jags in the preseason. When you put a rookie quarterback behind a bad offensive line, look at Zach Wilson. Look at Trevor Lawrence. Yep. That's not helping the development of uh, those two quarterbacks yep. right now. Uh, who was the, the Lions' first overall pick all those years ago? Joey, uh, Joey, last name is a blank, but got destroyed behind a bad offensive line. Derek Carr's brother 
was destroyed behind Corey a Harrington. bad. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Carr's brother was destroyed behind a bad offensive line, yeah. too. Yeah. Uh, Jets, this one next up here. Jets uh, catching 10, 10 and a half on the board against Denver. This is on the road. We talked about road underdogs yesterday. So this would be the favorable spot if it's the New York Jets. Problem is, again, you talk about matchups, bad offensive line against this front seven for Denver, although Bradley Chubb dinged up, so that's going to be a Bradley problem. Bradley Chubb's out yep. for, he, he's on IR now, right? Yep, so that's going to be a problem for that front seven. And, again, you talk about this, the power rating only keeps getting stronger for Denver, so at some point it's going to get too strong. And when you talk about, look, it was, it was, a, it was in hand in terms of the cover for Jacksonville last week for a minute sure. until it fell apart. Ten and a half too high against the New York Jets? I just don't like what's. I don't Wilson think it's too high to necessarily. You, you got to put this number up high to right. get betters on the Jets' side. At, at 11, 11 and a half, I start thinking about the Jets here, even though they're banged up and everything looks bad. The fact of the matter is, in the NFL, teams are never as bad as uh, the betting public thinks. Right. The Jets were seventeen-point dogs last year, hopeless, with a bad coach and Adam Gase. They went to L.A. and beat the Rams straight yep. up. Yep. Right. So these teams are never as bad as you think. And if you put this at 11, 11 and a half by Sunday, I might, I might start to uh, think about the Jets. And the last one here, that would be the Washington football team. I think this is probably the most attractive out of all of them. I do like the Jets coach, by the way. I think it's, yeah. it's even though we haven't seen it yet, no, I think it's a big upgrade. Yeah. Um, I, this, this would be the most popular one, I think, if we're talking about these 0-2 teams outside of Kansas City. Washington, and that's down to seven. It opened nine. I, I completely agree with this market move. I'm just saying this. Watch out. Mm-hmm. Josh Allen's and I wrote about this in points. I wrote about this point spread weekly. His numbers are eerily similar to the first two years of his career in the National Football League, and those were not good. And you're talking about bad numbers in clean pockets when he's facing no pressure. Like that's when you should be at your peak. And he's committing turnover-worthy plays. The only offense being generated with his legs. I'm just saying the Bills. I don't want to punt just yet, but the first two games have looked much, much more like 2018-2019. Josh Allen. Well, if you like the Washington side, there's still plenty of uh, books out there with seven and a half up there, and that's a, that's a big difference. So grab that seven and a half if you like Washington. Is yeah. that going to be one of your five? Uh, oh, for the contest? Yeah. Probably not. Okay. I, I think there, there's there's five more I have ahead of it. Like, I haven't eliminated it yet, but I think there's five more plays uh, that I uh, definitely have not eliminated. Can we take a look at those contest lines, by the way? Yeah. We, can we do Let's that? Let's do, do that. that. Uh, Santos, fire it up for when we come back. All right? Let's get that going. Well, So we'll have that. We'll have best bets. I've added one on the card as well, so we'll update what we have for the coming weekend. We'll take a look at those super contest and circa million lines as well. A little delayed in seeing them put out there, but, you know, we finally got them out, so we'll see what some of the key differences are. Talk about the five that we could potentially use as well. Both of us, what, four and one weeks in the contest last week, so hopefully you can get that good juju rolling again this week. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah! 
Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter let's please welcome jamal crawford to point game king of the court one-on-one tournament if they had it back in your prime do you think he could have took it all i'm gonna be honest with you i don't think i could have took it all but i think i would have shocked a lot of people i think kobe and everybody in their prime kobe would win a one-on-one contest yeah I, yeah because you gotta think Love he's it. gonna guard he don't care about guarding he's gonna guard he's gonna exactly. guard like you see him in the olympics exactly. he's gonna guard and then on I'm top of that like that see that Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what so. I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it? <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is The Edge on VSIN, the sports betting network. Before you make your next wager, be sure to visit, uh, visit vcin.com. You can't put two V words together like that. It's crazy. Check the current betting splits data. New feature gives you insight to where the money and bets are moving for every game. You'll be able to see where the public is betting based on the number of tickets and where the money doesn't match the public opinion. Data is available for money line over, under, and against the spread bets. Betting splits are another way vcin is here to make you a smarter better year round. Check out today's betting splits for every game at vcin.com. Bam. Just like that. Hopefully the betting was uh, all on the Padres side against the Giants today. Yep, up 4-0, as the soccer heads would say. Bottom of the first two outs and runners on first and second. The Padres clinging to life. Dodgers up on the uh, Rockies and the Giants losing to the Padres. Uh, Man, this this, uh, NL West race is going to be great down to the wire. It is. Uh, I was belly aching because the NL East race, uh, when you lose to the Orioles, the Phillies, you deserve it. You don't don't deserve it after losing. (laughs) Anyway, I don't think Bryce Harper deserves MVP oh, either. But I, I, yes. well, he he's a favorite at a couple of sports books. That's ridiculous to be MVP. It's a season long award. It's the same thing with Otani. Just stop. Anyway, well, it's not the same. Otani's one hundred percent the MVP. Right, but if I'm you just, make any argument I, against Otani, you're a buffoon. We we always huh? do this with MVP awards, uh, and especially when it comes to seasons like NBA, Major League Baseball, they're so long, and it's like, oh, he's been great the last month and a half, and it's like, yes, it's a six month season. No question. I, th- I think it's kind of like uh, boxing where a guy does nothing for 11 rounds and he tries to steal the fight in the 12th round. Yeah. And then a right? judge is like, oh, oh okay, okay, give it to him. Uh, okay. So best bets really quickly. Added one thing for the weekend here. We'll have more for tomorrow. But uh, the Vikings plus one and a half has been up there. Bet at the beginning of the week. We're finally starting to see, by the way, some 
trickle toward the Vikings. All those twos are gone now off of the board, and now it's one and a half, or ones are starting to appear uh, as well. So still our theory that the Vikings eventually go off as a favorite, still very live. And I'll be okay if they go off as dogs. Yeah. I'm oh, fine yeah. with that. Uh, but yeah. Vikings plus one and a half. And then uh, I added the Rams at plus one and a half as well against the mm-hmm. Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It's not just the Jason Pierre-Paul injury that came in after I made the bet. Uh, this is just for me, one, the Bucks. they're a solid team, but maybe a little overvalued being favored on the road against a Rams team that I think defensively is built to match up very well with them. A defense that is schemed to not give up big plays, keep everything in front of them, has a good interior lineman as well. One of the things that has bothered Tom Brady in his past and a shoddy secondary um, that can be picked apart there potentially by Matt Stafford. Sure. If Pierre Paul doesn't play, those edge runs that they love to run, right, those zone edge runs are going to work in their favor too. So give me the Rams plus the one and a half. You pair that with, of course, still that teaser, Browns minus one and a half, Vikings plus seven and a half, six-point teaser. So that's so far for week three. Yeah, I didn't put this up as an official play, but I'll just tell you, I, I bet it, and that's uh, tonight. Panthers minus one and a half and uh, Browns minus one. So if you want some yep. action on tonight's game, why not put the Panthers on a teaser come tonight? What's that? Uh, you're saying, like, come with me. Yeah, with I didn't me. put that up as an official play. Well, I do. Because... Like, yeah, we have. Though. Like, I have the Raiders minus three and a half, but it's four, four and a half everywhere else. So, uh, The plays I did put up this week, Patriots minus three over the Saints. Rams plus one over the Bucks. Actually, like you, I bet that a plus one and a half. Put that up at plus one. I didn't think it was going to go any higher. Yeah. I thought it was going to move back in the Rams' direction. Uh, so Patriots, Rams, and Vikings plus one and a half. And uh, let's go to college football. Hope you have a good I'm gonna, week. I'm going to end up with, uh, yeah, I know, similar plays again. I'm going to end up with about 10 college football plays this week. And uh, I've got five up there right now. I'll add some more by tomorrow's show. But so far, Notre Dame plus six, Western Michigan minus three, Western Kentucky plus nine. I didn't take six with Stanford. I took four and I took six with Stanford. Even though Stanford Steve does not like that play. He likes the Bruins in that spot, as he said today. Mm-hmm. And Arkansas plus six over Texas A&M. I think Western Kentucky and Arkansas both have great shots to win outright uh, this week. So uh, those are two dogs I think are really live. The Hilltoppers and the Razorbacks. And uh, let's move on. Yes, but let's tie in some news here really quickly since you and I are both on the Vikings mm-hmm. side. And this is one of – it's so – it's uh, football players are pretty tough. Um Dalvin Cook sprained his ankle in their loss to the Arizona Cardinals. One of my favorite moments in the postgame pressers of all of them this weekend was Mike Zimmer going, ah, yeah, it was just a little sprain. Like, yeah, he'll be fine. <laughs> and, and it's still, it's reportedly still bothering him, but all accounts are that he's going to be out right. there and potentially play. But he was knocked out a couple of times. Here's the thing, though, with that scheme and a guy like McKinnon, like there's a lot back there that is actually going to help him. Uh, Alexander Madison, excuse me, I say I think I said McKinnon. Um, that's going to be, I think, the running game is going to be just fine there for Minnesota, even if Cook is in and out of the lineup or potentially misses some time. Yeah, hopefully he doesn't miss the game. I'd prefer to have him back there, but yeah, Alexander Madison from Boise State's a hell of a back, too. Yep. Uh, Dalvin Cook running right now for over 90 yards per game on the ground. And I think you're going to get a highly motivated Minnesota team here off two tight losses and should have won last week at Arizona, missed a chip shot field goal. Uh, so, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if the Vikings, you see a favorite flip here in the Vikings go off one one and a half by Sunday, but we're on the same side there, and hopefully Dalvin Cook suits up. Sounds like he will. And you won't see a flip of favorites in the contest because those lines are set. So we have the Circa Millions. We also have the Super Contest. And really between the two, because we like to look at the differences and uh, see, you know, especially if you're in both contests, you can maybe alter your card a little bit if there's some key differences on numbers. There's really not too many differences on the two cards, humans. I think the ones that stick out that you and I discussed, the Cardinals, seven and a half, 
in the Circa Million. You're laying seven in the Super Contest if you want to go in that direction. If you're looking at the Eagles and the Cowboys game all the way on the other side of the rotation, Cowboys minus three and a half in the Circa Million three. It is four over there at those Westgate Super Contest. And then the other key games, like we were wondering what Dolphins and Raiders would look like. Both contests use four in that regard. And pretty much the same across the board uh, for every other number that you're seeing out there between these contests. So pretty tight across the board for these contest selections. Yeah, I think the the key games you were going to look at here and say, are there going to be some line moves or might there be a seven on the Chargers-Chiefs game? No, you got a six and a half. Uh, I thought the Monday night game and the Sunday night game, would we have a four at either spot? Uh, the fours disappeared by Monday afternoon, so that was unlikely. Packers are plus three and a half if you like the dog. And the Eagles, like you said, the Eagles are getting four in the Westgate, right? Mm-hmm. That's what yes, you said? Are. Yeah. Uh, so I might end up playing the Eagles in the Westgate contest at plus four. Not going to play the Eagles in the circuit at plus three and a half just because I don't like that side that much. But uh, let's look at the first page again on those because, uh, by the way, if Dave Tooley, a guy like Dave Tooley who likes to play ugly dogs, only getting 10 with the Jets. Ah, that's it. Circa. Uh, let's see here. The Colts getting five and a half. Washington, seven and a half. That's I was a pretty hoping, big deal. Right. I was actually hoping the Patriots in one of these contests would be two and a half, but no such one. Yeah. yeah. I mean, those threes are popped up pretty quick, and it's pretty solid across the board. doesn't right. seem like it's going to be moving that much. Uh, I will say. Somebody on VSIN gave out Patriots minus two on, on Wow, got a really good number. I don't know where he got it. Um, <laughs> if, so the way that this is kind of broken down for me, it does seem like uh, this contest, there will be a lot of late game sweats for me in the contest this weekend, right? Uh, let's see, the Bucks, Seahawks, plus the one and a half there. Haven't eliminated the Packers at plus three and a half. Eagles, of course, on Monday night at four. Um, and I have not quit on my Steelers theory there against the Cincinnati Bengals. It's at the very bottom of the long list, uh, but not exactly ruled out at this point against. I just, the thing that I can't get out of my mind is, especially if TJ Watt plays, that's kind of the, the thing for me. I want to see if that's going to happen. But if you look last year, four of the worst performances for the Cincinnati Bengals team were the two divisional games against Baltimore, the two divisional games against Pittsburgh. And there's a, uh-huh. there's a similarity there. Two fronts that blitz like crazy that will take advantage of bad offensive lines. And Cincinnati is going to fall into that category. And Joe Burrow had a really tough time against them a couple of times. And so I, I do wonder like that matchup for me is going to be pretty key. And you're only laying three. So well, we'll it's a cheap price. It's yep. by low spot on the Steelers. But if I, if I were to play the Steelers, I would have to have TJ Watt out there. I'm right. I'm, I got too many concerns with the way the Steelers are playing right now lay, to lay points. Well, their uh, offense stinks. Like, we'll put it that way. So, like, I mean, you I saw last week yep. when T.J. Watt left the game and the Steelers were not putting – well, they still put some pressure on Derek Carr, but not enough. Right. And Carr kind of tore him up in the second half, and that's a pretty good secondary. So, I think you have to have a lot – and I know you do. You have a lot of reservations about the Pittsburgh offense uh, right now. So, I, I, that's going to be a stay-away game for me. Are you tempted to lay seven with the Browns against the Bears? Because I think it's an automatic teaser play. Yeah. But will you lay the seven? No. Uh, only, I just, what has worried me with Cleveland is, one, the second half against Kansas City, which, okay, fine, it's Kansas City, it's, it's Patrick Mahomes, it's going to happen. They were not containing Tyrod Taylor in that Texans offense in that first half. No, and this is, right. this is an, I think this is a defense that is going to get better as the season goes along. But we still have to remember, especially on the back end, they are breaking in a lot of new faces, right? Especially on the back, back end. Sure. And so that kind of worries me when you're looking at a spot like this. And, and Justin Fields, one of the things we've talked about, right? I think he's going to have a tough time with that pass rush. He tends to hold on to the ball too long. We saw it a lot in the preseason. He's going to take a lot of damage. 
but he holds on to the ball for a reason. He's looking for home run hits, and those home run hits could be available here against that secondary, at least from what we've seen the first few weeks, right? Sure. That's going to be a fascinating game. I want to see the way Fields plays. And by the way, Nick Foles is going to be his backup in that game. Oh, man. Let me give you a, an odd trend. This okay. courtesy of a CBS Sports HQ about tonight's game. Uh, this doesn't make a lot of sense. In the history of Thursday night football, quarterbacks making their first career start are 10-0 and 0 against the spread. Okay. Can you make sense of that? Uh, I, my theory was... <laughs> Public overreact to first-time starter in a prime-time spot, drives the number up, and they get in the back door of an inflated number. How about that? Make sense? Okay. You Panthers, that? I just want the Panthers to cover the teaser. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, I just need the Panthers to win pretty much. That's all we need here. All right, vston.com slash podcast is where you go. If you missed out any part of this show, Stanford Steve Cochlin was great, so check that out. And we'll see you tomorrow. My guys in the desert coming up next. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350 plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeartRadio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play.